This is the Craft Equity Collective Voice of the People. Today's episode is hosted by me, Taylor. Me, Becca. Cassandra. And your girl, Brittany. The Voice of the People episodes are a little bit different. Y'all ready for this? The Voice of the People episodes are a chance for you to hear the stories of the people. On each episode, an individual will share a story about an experience in the beer world that they feel you need to hear. We empower one another when we listen and talk about what's really going on and sharing our truth is freeing and drives change. If you've experienced sexual harassment, sexism, discrimination, or bullying in the beer industry, now's your time to speak up. Reach out on our Instagram or email us if you want to share your story. Now's the time to spill the beer. On today's Voice of the People episode, we'll be hearing from Urban Roots and why they participated in Brave Noise, how they created their code of conduct, and the change they hope to see in the brewing industry. There were only two breweries who brewed Brave Noise in the Sacramento area until recently, and they're one of them. We want to hear what they have to say. Warning. Today, we are going to discuss uncomfortable truths within the craft industry that may include harassment, violence, discrimination, and retaliation. And in case you don't recognize some of these acronyms and references, just want to let you know that DEI is Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, COC, otherwise known as a Code of Conduct, and Rat Magnet, which is the Instagram handle for Brienne Allen. Go ahead and check her out and see what she started. Also, we discussed Brave Noise. It's a global brewing collaboration that advocates for safe and discrimination-free beer industry. All right, let's spill the beer. Hello and welcome to Emmy Gray. And Blair Saltmarsh from Urban Roots. Blair is the People Engagement Manager for Urban Roots. And Emmy Gray is the Head Brewer. Welcome to the Craft uh, Equity Collective. Thank Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you for for having having us. us. (laughs) Thank you. So uh, we invited you today so that we could talk about what it is that Urban Roots is doing to... uh, to engage the community in everything that's happening in the brewing industry. And uh, before we get started, I wanna just give a quick introduction to Urban Roots for the listeners who don't really know much about the brewery. So Urban Roots is a craft brewery and barbecue smokehouse that was opened in Sacramento in 2018. And what I really love is that you guys say that it's a space that embodies the things which inspire us most, which is extraordinary people, beer, and food. And reading through your code of conduct, it says that we're about actions, not words, and about radical honesty, which I really think is super important. And as far as the beer goes, you're making exceptional beer uh, 2021 California Brewery of the Year, yeah. which for those of you listening who don't know much about it, uh, there's the biggest brew competition in California. This means in 2021, Urban Roots took home more awards than any other brewery in the state. Uh, 2021 Brewbound Rising Star. So you were recognized as someone to keep an eye on as far as like national scale. And You've also put together industry talks for the community, which focused on 
diversity, equity, and inclusion. You've also fo focused on burnout and healthy habits. So these industry talks have invited speakers and the community in general to come out and participate and learn. And another thing that I'm super excited that you have also participated in was meet the author with uh, Tara Nuren, who, who wrote A Woman's Places in the Brew House. So a lot of these things, uh, I, I just want to say Urban Roots is really on top of the game, not just in Sacramento, but in all of California in, in making changes and showing, showing the community and the world like where we want to be and what we want to do. So uh, I'm really excited to have you both here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's quite Local the celebrities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so one of the things that, that we wanted to talk about today is, is brave noise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, so did, uh, with the brave noise project, uh, did it push you to create a code of conduct or did that exist prior to that movement? Um, so the code of conduct, I mean, it, it existed in our words and the things that we said mm -hmm. before, um, we wrote it and really what it did was it, it forced us to get it on paper, get it sure. on a website and kind of like start weaving it into our everyday. Um, although I would say that everything that we talked about with our owners, with our employees, with, um, our vendors too, mm -hmm. um, or even just our guests, it was always, it was based off of that code of conduct. So, um, you know, what's so funny is talking to Teresa from Crooked Lane. She had basically the same feedback, like urban roots and Crooked Lane were the only two breweries in this region who had a code of conduct mm. that was like at least listed publicly. And, um, she said the same thing as well, that like we had the atmosphere, we had the culture that embodied what we eventually put on paper. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it started with our owners, like our, yeah. our Rob Archie, like he really preaches our values. The values came from the things that he's, you know, read and experienced through the industry. And so, um, we, we based it off of directly what came from them. And, um, you know, we would just, we would act on it. Uh, before the code of conduct and, and would talk about it. And every discussion that we had at our meetings or anything like that, it was always go back to the values, go back to the values. When it, mm -hmm. Whenever controversy or anything came up with an employee or a guest or a vendor, what are the values? How do right. we act? Okay. So not only does um, Urban Roots value actions over words, like in theory, mm -hmm. but in reality, they do that as well. Yeah. That's amazing. We're yeah. striving towards striving. that. Striving. Yeah. It's not an that is end the game goal. situation. I right. think this is a yeah. constant This is an everyday goal. Yes. Yeah. And and something Rob talks about and has talked about in the past is um we've never we we don't arrive, right? So we, we're constantly working towards it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I really like that because it's, it's not a place or, where you kind of just sit and, and say, we did it. There's yeah. always room yeah. for improvement. Yeah. Or we haven't arrived, I think, is the words that he uses. Yeah. Right on. 
So uh, when you decided to participate in Brave Noise, and I know that they have a, a general kind of code of conduct framework, um, did you follow those guidelines? Or was, was there anything that, you know, you added or that you intentionally avoided that didn't make sense or didn't quite work for the culture at Urban Roots? Um, Emmy and I sat down and worked on the code of conduct for a few weeks and just, I mean, coming up with, um, the flow maybe was the hardest part of just how to make it make sense and readable. And so people aren't disinterested immediately. Um, right. I agree. I think it's, it's very engaging the way that it is, it is written And I really love a lot of the words, especially, you know, where you're free to be your authentic self. And I feel like when you go to the tap room and you see all of the people who not just the the consumers who are visiting, but your staff is very diverse and welcoming. So. So I really love that you're able to not just embody your mission, but that you were also able to like succinctly put your mission into words. Yeah. Well, and I would say, too, that. It was, it was, it's kind of a conglomerate of a few things. Like we took Mm -hmm. the structure of what uh, Brave Noise had put out. We took our, um, our sexual harassment or anti-harassment policy um, that's in our handbook. And then we added what the values that we talk about and we preach and as well. And we kind of even came up with our own mission statement Mm -hmm. for it. So we started with a much larger code of conduct than what we ended up with. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very long. Too and we, much with it. Yeah. And the language was challenging as well. Like very technical. To a place where everyone on our staff, no matter what language you speak, can understand mm-hmm. it very quickly was very important to us. Right. Once yeah. we got the the meaning and the missions and the yeah. ideas because I think it. a lot of companies get tied up in making sure that this the language used can be legally binding and right. so it covers mm-hmm. all your bases but then that makes it really inaccessible to the staff yeah. yes yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't sound like legal speak it sounds very accessible it sounds like th- these are words that we would use when you're talking to your friends right? yeah it's mm-hmm. right yeah. Yeah. Thanks. We work really hard on it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, um, but we did also, we kept, you know, things that were important was keeping like the protected classes and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So that, you know, it like legally, there's still some like, yeah. Hey, yeah, we're kind of minding this, but also, you know, this is a, a formal document and yeah. somewhat informal as well. Right. And hopefully you weren't like stuck in a conference room somewhere with like no big notebooks. I hope you were sitting no. at the bar with a beer. You know, yeah. Yeah. that's what I envision. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty enjoyable. Oh, actually, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> darn! I have to spend an hour hanging out with Emmy. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's truly a labor of love. We both are. Yeah. are passionate about this. Excellent. Yeah. Um. So, what do you hope to accomplish now that the Code of conduct is on paper now that you have participate, participated in the Brave Noise mu- movement and communicated, you know, to your employees that not only they were all aware that this is the culture of the company, but also that this is the expectation moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any specific goals about like what this means for the company as we move forward? 
Yeah. I mean, I would say just more awareness, like really like, I mean, I kind of talked about this a little bit and really that's what it comes down to is, is just awareness. It's important uh, for us to reach people who kind of like think they're doing the right thing, but maybe need some guidance or maybe, you know, something like that. And so it was, it, you know, it's for the folks that don't think that they need it. Yeah. Or, there are a lot of people who view themselves as good people. Or folks who think they have arrived. Right. They haven't yeah. yet. You have yeah. not arrived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're still waiting at the That'd bus stop. That'd be cute. We need a piece of Urban Roots merch that says, you have not arrived. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. We're still on the train. <laughs> like where the head's at. So um, when you were creating the Code of Conduct, you know, what was... What was the hardest part? Was it, you know, the actual physical working on it, you know, writing it or was it rolling it out, <coughs> implementing it? Was there an implementing implementation process? Like how was that received when all of a sudden now you have this new document that you're sharing company wide and expecting everyone to not just read it, but live by it while they're at work and hopefully yeah. other times. I mean, I would say the the flow is the hardest part. I, I had kind of like thought about maybe the words were, but really the flow of just getting people to stay engaged and not mm-hmm. like leave the page as they're reading it. Because you could theoretically make it like just a bullet point list. Right. These are the behaviors we want and don't want. Right. You but could. that's not engaging. No, it's not. And it, 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 yeah. And so, and I, we do have some bullet points in there. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the words were the hardest part. And and as far as, you know, rolling it out and, and getting folks engaged, um, I mean, we're, it's still happening. Like, you know, right. like the, we're still getting our, our staff engaged. Mm-hmm. We're still, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll point to like, hey, we got our code of conduct. And then they're like, yeah. oh, what? <laughs> you right. know, or like, hey, like consult the confidential tip line or or something like that. And, oh, we have that. You know, so. Right. Can you tell us more about your confidential tip line? Yeah. Um, yeah. Our, Do tell, Blair? <laughs> so, I mean, one of the things that came out of it and part of the awareness piece of it was to get um, all of our employees uh, the opportunity to um, just get some eyes on, like, what we're trying to accomplish and then also give them a avenue so that they can if they are feeling like they need to submit some information or give us a heads up on something whether it's you know operationally or it's about you know benefits or it's about them okay. being harassed at work like it was it it, it that that's where the, t- the confidential tip line came from so it's just a google form and i created it Okay. just private to our employees. We put, um, we took our code of conduct and, and took like the, the three main points we wanted to hit as well as our mission statement. And then we put it that on a poster with a QR code to the, the confidential tip line. And okay. so mm-hmm. all of it's there. Uh, it's posted around the, like the inside the brewery. Um, so that it's visible to your it's guests. Visible. Um, it's actually not to the guests. It's for the employees. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's confidential. So it originally, actually it was a, uh, 
it was a, um, a private tip line or anonymous. It was an anonymous tip line. Mm -hmm. And, um, we actually, we looked into getting an anonymous like software, but they're very expensive. Um, and so, uh, we consulted with some HR consultants who, and actually at the CCBA conference, okay. they recommended to not have an anonymous tip line because there's a lot of like legalities with it. And so we, um, we decided to change that to confidential instead of anonymous. Um, and then they also recommended to like add our like no retaliation policy on it. So when people log in and they click on or go to the QR code from the confidential tip line, they say, Hey, added reassurance. Yeah. It's like, Hey, you know, add your name here. We have to investigate things if it's concerning, but you know, here's our no retaliation policy. Yeah. Retaliated against. Okay. That's super cool. So it's it's a very simple Google form and then yeah. it comes directly to, to you, Blair, as far as yep. for investigating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And I change it or I, I check on it occasionally. Uh we posted it way almost a year ago now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um maybe ten months ago. And I've not had one submission. Interesting. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. So um Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> Maybe not. I <laughs> I would say though no. that I do attribute that to the fact that I feel like our confidential tip line really opened and and the code of conduct too. It opened an opportunity for our staff to really understand, like, hey, if you have an issue, we're gonna back you up. Right. We're here for so you. So it's like just mm-hmm. that existing was enough. Yeah. people to and feel like they could talk about it and so they don't need to talk about they, it. <laughs> they already did. And yeah. they they would always, they still came to us beforehand, yeah. but this was just an added reassurance, cool. you know? And I, I do feel like there was more, um, I think what the code of conduct really gave us is the opportunity for staff um, to know what the code of conduct is when they're working with guests Mm -hmm. and knowing that like, it's not okay for anyone to treat them poorly while they're under our roof. Cause that feels like a normal part of a customer service role is just Mm -hmm. accepting whatever abuse you get from your customers. Right. Yeah. So any behavior, the customer's always right. Or right. Yeah. 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 So it's great that your staff knows, Oh, I actually have my cup, my company backing me up. I am to be respected even by my customers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so when you have issues with customers, then does the staff then, do you have like code words when you go to your manager or you just go to your manager and say, they're being a dick. I need your backup. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, yeah, like okay. it, it's, I mean, the manager is going to, you know, take it with, you know, Right. some context and, and kind of look into it a right. little bit more. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's given our manager the the ability to just be to just 86 folks. Yeah. You know, people who are just acting, acting up or being inappropriate. Um, right. I mean, it gives her the ability to just be like, just broke our code of conduct. I can't right. let you yeah. back in. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That it's posted, posted on the website. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it easy and it makes it easy for the owners. Right. Mm Because the owners have, they have any friends that, you know, maybe broke the code of conduct. They can, you know, say, Hey man, I'm sorry. 
yeah, yeah. broke the code of conduct. That's always a sticky point. I feel is when it's it's friends of you know either staff staff management owners. Anytime you have like mm-hmm. this friendship, you're like, oh, you know, I can say what I want because I'm friends with so and so, and that's right. Just well, and that's kind of how we got ourselves in this position, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just Which is like kind that. of extraordinary that people feel entitled to be able to misbehave because they know the owners. Like, you should be more embarrassed. More, yeah, you should be on your best behavior. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I'm really interested in the dynamic of, it seems like there are a lot of companies who created this code of conduct as they maybe were onboarding new employees. So have you noticed a difference in the staff that you had prior to the code of conduct versus the people who came in? Or I don't know if you had anyone came in after it was posted. Is there a difference in the way that they navigate the workplace? Um. I wouldn't say there's a huge difference, but what I will say is that I feel like we maybe get some more people who are interested in working for us mm-hmm. because we are right. participatory and in, in things like this. That's awesome. Um, you know, I know folks will will come and say, I, I like your culture. I like yeah. what you do. You guys are are doing the things that I want to see from, you know, the folks that I work for. Right. And so and they're attracted to that and they'll, they'll apply. I feel like that's an amazing shift in like work culture is that people are now interviewing companies, mm-hmm. not just being oh, interviewed. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Game changer. And right now it's, it's the, it's, it's their ball because everyone needs. Everyone needs. Everyone yeah. needs right now. Yeah. Definitely. Folks. Um, so Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Or I'll go. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, is this, is, do you consider this a living document? It seems like you do, especially with the, we have not arrived mindset. Right. Um, this is up to be edited, to be amended, uh, occasionally. How often do you expect to revisit this document to make sure that it fits your company culture? (laughs) <laughs> where uh it's already outdated okay, great. <laughs> yeah um I, I i do need to uh do an update on it it's funny because um we were talking about this and we were like oh yeah it's already updated and <laughs> we probably should make it a living document <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I it was just one of the the things on there that needs to be changed is we, we were doing in-person anti-harassment training and oh, right. we've since moved to our online versions again. Okay. Um, so, so it's already out of date. So it's out of date. Already yeah. out of date. Yeah. That's the way so it goes. we got it. Yeah. But it, you know, it's okay. We just got to update yeah. it and move on and it'll, it'll be updated again probably next year. Sure. So. Excellent. Cool. So regarding having the code of conduct in place, are there any success stories or like aha moments or, or things that, you know, having, having it in place now that you're like, Oh, this is why, why we did this. This is, this is why we implemented this. Like, is there anything you could share? Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that I, I had actually sought out our, uh, our director of operations for this. Um, she, I asked, you know, how she's using the code of conduct and, and she said that, um, it was using it, you know, during those times of like, Hey man, you broke the code of conduct. Like this isn't, 
personal. Like this is right. like, you yeah. just, you did this. And so you got to get out yeah. and you're not welcome back. Right. Um, I think that's the most powerful thing from it. Um, yeah. Having a standard that we can hold people to yeah. and yeah. all be on the same page with knowing mm-hmm. going into it. That is right. powerful. That really has changed. It's not the way we engage it's not customers. Up to the person that you're talking to. Right. This is, no. Yeah. Across the board. It's black yeah. and white. It's it like, is. it's a hard line. You can line pull it up us. on your phone and be like, you just did this. Like, sorry. Yeah. yeah. You got to go. Right. Ooh. With more tact than that. Of course. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially for our yeah. operations. <laughs> no, she's very tactful. Mm hmm. In 86ing folks, but, um, but yeah. Has there been any real resistance from the, on the consumer side when they, you know, when they break these rules and you actually have to have that conversation or do they say like, oh, I fucked up. I got to go. Yeah. It's generally what happens is, Uh um, I mean, there's always, you know, some folks who are not, who are questioning it, but usually Mm -hmm. that's like in the moment because, you know, right. They're out. Alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're, they're questioning that in the moment, but generally, you know, they'll come back to it or, you know, our manager has to call that person the next day and be like, "Mm, it's not good. Right. (laughs) You know? Um, so yeah. Excellent. Um, I'm curious if you have a policy. So, uh, a brewery that I've worked for has been able to 86 people with the understanding that if they apologize to the wronged parties and change their behavior, that they would be welcome back. Have you experienced any of that? Uh, yes. And, um, they're officially 86. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. I mean, like I would say that uh, I think before the code of conduct, right? Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that was when you would experience this like kind of gray area of like, Mm -hmm. Hey, kind of ripped the rules, but like, now that we have that and yeah. it's a black and white document, you know, yeah. it's I mean like if you change your behavior, you can come back and they're like, nah, no. Well, I mean, at this point, like, I mean, there's some people who are just like, no, you yeah. can't, you cannot yeah. come back. Sorry. Right. You've broken. We've been a business long enough to see what you do when yeah. you're taking advantage of certain situations. Right. Yeah. So okay. now they have to go buy the beer at the liquor store instead of uh, yeah. in person. <laughs> or Pretty see much. on the corner yeah. and say like, hey man, can you buy me a four pack? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That sucks. <sighs> to be kicked out of a nationally rac- recognized brewery. Yeah. How shameful. <laughs> That's how I hope I go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only way. The only way. <laughs> so uh, one of the, the things is kind of, Going a little bit out of the uh, the code of conduct, but um, I wanted to mention that that you have both been very engaged ever since um, last May when uh, we had all of the harassment in, uh, incidents that were brought to light by by Rat Magnet, and that's when we started the uh, Craft Equity Collective. Mm-hmm. You have both participated in like most of the meetings, I want to say, if not all of them. Um, and one of the early participation events was about Safe Night Out. And uh, that's a program by Weave, which is Women Escaping a Violent Environment, to create a safe space and train staff how to um, 
how to react to different forms of either harassment or trafficking. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to invite them back onto, you know, invite them out to the podcast to tell us more about it. But I was hoping you could tell Woo-hoo. us your experience with, with safe night out. Yeah. Um, I mean, safe night out became a, it, it's like a staple in our training now. Um, all of our, all of our staff, it's awesome. all of our staff yeah. get safe night out trained. Um, and regardless of what position in brewery, kitchen, admin, everyone gets trained. That's um, fantastic. And it, it has, uh, helped us because I, I, I've hear, heard stories now and seen it in our, you know, shift reports and mm-hmm. things where something happens and our staff know how to react and they oh, wow. can go and they just take care of it. And it's because of the training. And I mean, I don't, we've, we've run into weave advocates in the past and, you know, we're like, we'd, I know our manager has like told them a story of like how our team acted in a situation. And the advocate said, all I'm hearing is that sounds like uh, sex trafficking, you know? So Ooh. like, and it, I just get chills think, talking yeah. about it. Cause it's like, right. yeah, like it's, yeah. it's serious. It's, it's very serious. And um, so I, you know, hats off to weave that uh, they're, they're doing that and providing that free training. I think right. everyone should go through it. Um, even yeah. honestly, just normal folks should go yeah. through it because it's, right. it's important information. Right. So having that knowledge and the yeah. ability to intervene, if you see a situation like that is, is so mm-hmm. empowering Yeah, and it could be so helpful. Yeah. Right. And, and to be able to recognize it instead of saying like, mm-hmm. oh, that, that's weird. It looks kind of yeah. suspicious. Like, we all yeah. have yeah. had those like tingling sense right. moments where you're like, that's just weird. Just your sixth sense goes off. You know, mm-hmm. something's off. But knowing what the situation is and knowing how to respond mm-hmm. that yeah. in an appropriate way that's helpful is a different thing. And when you're practicing and thinking it danger, yes. by right. being too obvious, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing I haven't been through the, the training, so... I'm not exactly sure what happens in the safe night out. Yeah, there's definitely an element of not wanting to. I mean, if you are if you are intervening in a situation where it's two people where one of them seems to be in more of a, a predatory position of right. the other one, um, you don't want to set off alarm bells that says that they need to take this person and exit. Right. Because you want to be able to get the other one the help that they need. And so... Um, to be able to sort of use coded language so that you can assist them or pull them to the side or. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, what they told us is yeah. it, it, it's very subtle. Like it's, yeah. it's just like, I mean, whether you're telling, you know, someone who else is trained and you're like, Hey, I think we should check in on that person. Mm-hmm. And, or just like asking, you know, is everything okay. Or, you know, just things like that. Mm-hmm. It's like very subtle ways to, kind of de-escalate or, or remove someone from a situation. Right. Yeah. Not just in the workplace. I mean, the training I had was like, this is what happens in the nightclub. This is yeah. what happens right. behind the bar. No, I this think, is what happens yeah. in a bathroom. Oh, wow. It was, yeah. It was, I really do think everyone should experience that. It was definitely it was really 
awesome. And it's an in-person training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. They're working yeah. on getting it online, I believe, so that they can reach more people because the person who works for Weave, who created this training, is doing all of the training in person by herself. Oh, wow. And Shelby? so she's, yeah. yeah. And I actually read a little thin. I just saw that I think Shelby's no longer with Weave. I oh, think wow. she, yeah, I think she, but. I, I just saw that on LinkedIn. So oh. maybe oh. we need to take that part out. Well, she, <laughs> Shelby <laughs> is dope. Just make a note of that. <laughs> LinkedIn is the, the total truth, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and nothing but. Nothing I haven't but. spoken yeah. with her in person. So. Okay. <laughs> that is interesting. But there was one time where I was out sort of bar hopping with some friends in Sacramento and I saw a situation that looked uh, weird that I felt weird about. And I was able to, um, pull this, uh, person over to the side and be like, Hey, I just want to make sure you're good and you have a ride home and you feel safe. Right. And they were like, Oh my God, thank you so much. I actually, I see what you see and everything is okay. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. And that's all it takes. Yeah. But if it wasn't right and no one had checked in. Yeah. That's the, that's what we try to avoid. Maybe it was right? a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it sounds like we're, we're getting ready to wrap this up, but I do want to encourage our listeners with a little bit of homework that if you go to Urban Roots and you like what they're doing, like send a message to management, whether it's by email or, or, or ask to, well, don't say, let me speak to your manager. No, no, that's no. Gonna, <laughs> that's going <a> to <laughs> <flag. laughs> stress out the server, but, um, but, you know, speak up and let them know that you're, you're happy with what they're doing, that, you know, encourage the industry to continue down this path. Definitely. I want to make sure that everyone tell your friends about it. Yeah. Tell your friends and, uh, and, and most importantly, go out and enjoy the beer and be good people and tip well. Yeah. yeah. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having us. This yeah. is thank you. This is Emily so Blair. great. Oh, yeah. Thanks, thank guys. you. Appreciate it. Good luck with the rest of your podcast. Thank you yeah. so much. Thanks. On a future episode, we will speak with Weave, the organization that created Safe Night Out, and learn more about the program and the breweries involved. We will also discuss Safe Bars, the resource recommended by the Brewers Association to train bar staff to stand up against sexual violence. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear the voice of the people. To drive change in the industry, your stories and truths happening right now in the craft beer industry, they need to be heard. Contact us today if you have a story to tell. To learn more about the CEC and who's involved, Visit us on Instagram at craftequity.co and our website, craftequitycollective.com. This podcast was brought to you by We Are Sacramento and The Loft.